In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day. It's Father Tom and Anthony today. Are you having a good day? Do you know that God is still on the throne? He hears and answers prayer. Do you know that if yesterday was a difficult day, today is a new day by the grace of God? Yesterday I had a hard day, but today is different. I have a new outlook in the name of Jesus. What about you? Do you have hard days? We all do. We all do, for whatever reason. We all have hard days. But we have to know that we go through them. We have to go through them and to the other side. I'm looking at 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. You know what I say? The people I don't love, I'm gonna be next to in heaven. <laughs> that if I don't learn to love with them now, I'll be with them in heaven. This is real. And the people that don't love me, gonna have me next to them in heaven. How do I know that? I just believe it. God wants us to love one another. If we don't see God and we love God, how can we say we do not love our neighbor as Jesus loves us, even unto death? We must not be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder his brother? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Not that we've been born again, that we love one another. We know that we've been passed from death to life, that we love one another. I'm going to tell you, it's so important to love each other. Even the ones I don't agree with. I heard of a Baptist minister who's shutting down his church because people have become Catholic. He needs to love Catholics, and I need to love him. You see, how can I say I love God, who I do not see, if I do not love him, whom I do see? Yeah, and sometimes the people who grind us the least, the most, th those are the biggest gift from God. The people we have the hardest time with and who feel that they may be persecuting the hardest, those people are sent in your life directly from God because it's in loving people who don't love us that we have the opportunity to display the works of Jesus, to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. On the cross, Jesus was being, per he was being crucified. He said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they have done. You know, when we receive Jesus, we become righteous because of our standing 
with Jesus to the Father. But it doesn't mean, just as we have Jesus, that every area of us is healed yet or full. So we are called to just be Jesus to everyone. That even as people aren't maybe being the greatest to us, that's an opportunity to be even greater to them. It's easy to love people who love us. But you know, today, when someone's getting on your nerves, when someone's persecuting them, instead of becoming a victim, which the devil tries to make us all victims, but you know what? I have Jesus, so I'm a victor in every area of my life. I walk in victory in each and every area of my life. So when someone is mean to me, when someone persecutes me, I praise God and I say, God, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to walk as your son walked in this world and just get to display the love of God to them. You know, when someone is angry or wicked to us and we get to be loving and we overwhelm them with love and grace and power, that is symboling that is symbolizing the victory of Christ in this world. Be a victor in Christ today. I remember there was a priest that didn't like me. He wouldn't eat at the same table with me. But one day we were together, and uh, I said to him, Father, you're the pastor today, and I'll do everything that you tell me to do. The guy changed his heart. He invited me to his parish when I had no place to go after my mother died because I showed him love. And you know what happened? He showed me love. There were people I wanted to go with. They said, I don't want you there. Don't come up to my house. My mother had just died. And this priest welcomed me. It wasn't always like that. He didn't even want to eat with me at one time. But you see, love conquers all. Love conquers all. All who hate brother or sister are murderers. Do you hear that? If you hate a brother or sister, you're a murderer. And what does that mean? And you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. Eternal life is this, to know thee the true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. This is eternal life. And we have eternal life in seed form. You see, we see God and we believe in him. But do we love each other? It's so much easier to love God who I do not see than to love the people who I do see. It's always a challenge. And yet God says, don't be a murderer. Love your brother. Love your sister as I love them. In the 15th chapter of St. John, he said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, even unto death. Do you know that today? We are called to love even unto death. Not only love one another because you love them, but you're called to love even unto death. 
love conquers all. Love gives you victory over the devil, victory over other people, victory over yourself. Love conquers all. If we don't know love, we don't know God. If we don't know love, we are susceptible to the works of the enemy. But when the love of God comes upon us, first thing it does is it casts out all fear. Because fear has to do with torment. If we have fear in our life, we haven't been perfected in love. And how do we receive this love of God? First, we love our neighbor. Then we love then we love God because we can't love people until we love God. So God, when we are in prayer, when we go to Jesus, when we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, love, the love of God is breathed into us. That's the love of God. And then when we breathe that love of God out onto our neighbors, that's the virtue of charity. So we receive the love of God from heaven, then we release the love of God, which is charity. In this Bible verse, when it says, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you, it's because righteousness, which we have been made righteous, not of our own works, you are righteous because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and wickedness have nothing to do with each other. Wickedness is always going to hate righteousness. It's just how it goes. We know who the prince of this world is. So the whole thing is as we are persecuted in the Lord, as people come against us, we're not victims. We celebrate it. We say, thank you, Jesus, because in the kingdom of God, everything is an opportunity. If we're being oppressed by the enemy, it's an opportunity to offer that up for someone to be healed. It's powerful. If someone comes against us or is mean to us, it's an opportunity to convert them by the love of God and let God take us deeper and deeper into the life of his son, Jesus Christ. But our vision needs to be set from heaven, not to be set from our own perspectives. As we're looking down from heaven, we are seated in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus, we, ha- we see that just everything that happens to us is an opportunity to let the, God, let the love of God through us conquer everything of this world. Everything is an opportunity. If the world hates you, Jesus said, no, that it hated me first. He said, if the world believes in you, no, first of all, they believed in me. We need to know that our whole existence relies upon Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. We need to know that our whole existence relies upon Jesus who came in the flesh. And he allows us to participate in his life. How wonderful is that? Jesus, he lets us participate not only in his glory, but in his sufferings, in his persecutions. We're just becoming Jesus. The Holy Spirit makes us little Jesuses, little Christians, a little Christ. And when we get to participate in all of Jesus' life, his resurrection, his death, his crucifixion, it might not be fun, but it transfigures our soul into into becoming Christ in this world. And what could be better than that? 
Don't you want to become a little Christ? I do. Lord, please, I just receive and I accept whatever you give me, whether it's I feel it's good, bad, indifferent, because I know, Lord, it's all for the good of my soul, and it's all transfiguring me to be made into your image. All who hate brother or sister are murderers, and you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. That's love. When I see the crucifix, I say, thank you, Jesus, that you laid down your life for me. While yet I was a sinner, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you and gave you eternal life. This is real. We cannot overemphasize the death of Jesus enough. And we are called to die to to ourselves. Amen. That's what we're called to die to ourselves, to empty ourselves of all self-love, yes. empty ourselves of everything but the eternal life that Jesus gives us. It continues, and we ought, we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees brother or sister in need? and refuses to help them. This is real. This is real. When we see brothers or sisters in need, we need to help them. When we go to the mile on a Saturday, these brothers and sisters are in need. The only thing we can do is give them a sandwich and pray for them. But you know what? That's great. That's great because they're in need. They're hungry, they're thirsty, they're desperate. And you know what? Desperation reaches out to Jesus. Most of them accept prayer because they know that they're desperate. Are you desperate today? I received a call today from out of state and it asked me to pray for Dr. Greg who fell and his brain is bleeding. So I prayed, I called him up, but I'm going to pray again now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Dr. Greg loves you so much. Today we say, let the bleeding stop in his brain. Now, by the power of the blood of Jesus, let the bleeding stop in his brain. Now, by the power of the blood of Jesus. It's faith plus works. If we don't have works, we don't have true faith. Because when we have faith in Jesus Christ and we're filled with the love of God, our lives reflect that. Our lives reflect the faith that we have in God. God wants everyone. He wants the, des the desperate of the people in the best situation for the Lord. The people who are going through struggles on, on drugs, on the Methadone Mile, who, who grew up without a father who never experienced the love of the mother, who never had Jesus in their life, who've been beaten down by the world. These are the people that Jesus Christ wants the most because they have a, they have a woundedness in their heart that Jesus can come and fill. 
If you have a woundedness in your heart, Jesus wants to come and fill it with his glory, with his power, with his grace, with his goodness. That Jesus Christ, he died so that we could live. And it's a free gift that we can just accept the power of God. We can accept our destiny. When Jesus Christ created you, he created you with destiny on your life. And until we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and I don't mean just saying the sinner's prayer, going to Mass. No, it's giving your life and every part of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, dying to ourselves so we can live the ascended life. Before Jesus ascended to the Father, he had to go through the cross. And we all have to go through the cross day by day, moment to moment, because as we go through our crosses, Jesus Christ uses those to purify us. He wants all of our lives. He wants your life today. Die now. He wants your life. Justin, he wants your life. If you're listening to this broadcast, he wants not only your life, but he wants every part of your life. He wants you to live a life of victory in Jesus Christ, Son of God. He wants you to participate in his divine life, which is not only his resurrection, but his sufferings, his carrying the cross. A lot of people say Jesus carried the cross so we wouldn't have to. It's not true. You know, there, there are crosses that aren't from God. I believe like sickness, depression, fear. Those are not crosses from God. But we all have situations in our life, trauma we've been born into, things we go through. But as we carry the cross and we just walk in faith of Jesus Christ, he heals our soul and he just uses it. He just uses it to give us odors of sanctity and holiness. Little children, let us love not in word or in speech, but in truth and in action. In other words, don't say, well, I love everybody. I remember these friends that I had. I thought they were friends. And when I was going through a weak time, you know what they did? They didn't want to be my friend anymore. They just wanted Father Tom when he's great and awesome. But I was going through a weak time, and they walked away. They weren't really my friends. A friend loves you when you're in a good time and when you're in a difficult time. That's when the friend loves you. That's a real friend. But they weren't real friends. But I still love them. I have nothing against them. They just didn't know how to accept my weakness. It says, and by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us for God is greater than our hearts sometimes we feel condemned by our very self but God is greater than our hearts don't let your heart condemn you let your heart rejoice like Mary my soul rejoices in the Lord my spirit rejoices in God my Savior let your heart rejoice like Mary, the mother of God. Let your heart rejoice, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God. 
You see, we come into the presence, nothing. Oh, Father, please, boldness. I come into your presence, boldness, because of what Jesus did for me on the cross and in the resurrection. I come into your presence with boldness. And when I see you, I want to be bold. We remember the fourth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. They prayed that they would be bold in the proclamation of Jesus Christ. And you remember what happened in that room. The room shook and they preached the word of God in boldness. We need that boldness. We don't need to be whimpering before God. Oh, help me, God. No, help me, God. I need you, God. Jesus died for me, Lord. Help me now. Lead me out of this distress in Jesus' name. In the, in the Acts of the Apostles in the fourth chapter, when, when, Far, when the Pharisees saw John and Peter walking, doing miracles, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were established, the Pharisees, and they recognized they had been with Jesus. So a characteristic that we have been with Jesus is we walk in boldness because as we're, we are with Jesus in prayer, in the Eucharist, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, we understand the character of Jesus. We understand the love of Jesus. Jesus gives us purity. He gives us boldness. He gives us faith. When we approach the throne of grace with confidence so that let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace. So we come to the throne of grace with boldness. Peter and John, the apostles, they work with, they walked in boldness. Boldness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is bold. He's meek as well. They don't come against each other. Meek is submitting to the will of others as Jesus submitted to the will of the Father on the cross. But when we have the Holy Spirit, we know the character of God. Lord, we pray as the apostles prayed when they were beaten for the, for the, for the Bible and the gospel, that we pray for boldness, Lord, that boldness comes on our lives. I release the boldness of Christ upon your life, that you will not only come to, G to, to the Father through Jesus in prayer with boldness, knowing that he hears and answers your prayers, but that you will be able to walk in this world overcoming your flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you are bold in what you do for the kingdom. If someone is sick, you lay hands on them boldly and say, be healed in Jesus' name. In fact, you don't, it doesn't even say in the, in the book of Mark, it says they don't even say they prayed. It says believers just lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. That we are bold in the reception of the word of God, bold in the way that we live our life. Jesus Christ gives you the ability to be confident, to walk in victory, to walk in boldness, to walk in joy, to walk in happiness and gratefulness. If you can be grateful, you can be joyful. What is one thing you told God you are grateful for today? I'm grateful for Anthony. I'm grateful that God gave me faith. I'm grateful that I'm not like everybody else. You see, for so many years, 
I found myself to be different, but the difference makes the difference. That's real. God has shown me that. I don't have to be like anybody else. The difference makes the difference. And this is the commandment that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him and he abide in them. And by this we know that he abides in us. How? By the spirit that he has given us. This is the way we know he abides in us, by the Holy Spirit that he has given us. How we need that Holy Spirit. Last night, we were witnessing to about four people on the gift of the Holy Spirit who are about to receive confirmation. How we need the Holy Spirit. How we need, we're, we're in a drought. The church is in a drought. Do we even know that there is a Holy Spirit? Or we just save him for Pentecost and confirmation? No, we need the Holy Spirit every single day, every single moment. Without the Holy Spirit, I am impotent. I have nothing to give. And yet the Holy Spirit comes to us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray. So he gives us a prayer language. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God or from man. For many false prophets have gone into the world. By this we know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Do you confess today that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? Then you are the filled with the Holy Spirit. May God bless you today. In Jesus' name, God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.